the fire. One of the manipulative arguments is, well, I just wouldn't want to live that way. That's just a horrible quality of life. I just wouldn't want that. Okay. I listen to people with all of their faculties every day that whine about nothing. And who are you, healthy person, to look at me and decide for me and define for me what my quality of life is when you have to pray to the living God every single day of your life for help for everything. Guess what you get? You get the living God. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And welcome to Through the Fire, where we are on the case, talking about the tough issues in the culture today, facing them with some psychological and theological wisdom and applications that we hope will bless you. And today we have my partner in life, Dr. Greg, back (laughs) in the studio. Aren't you looking forward to our program today? No, you know, I sure am, Marie, because part of my work in Washington, D.C. is to advocate for life, all human life, in a time when our nation is so confused, so divided on the value of human life, when it begins, uh, when it can be brought to a planned end, you know, who's doing the planning? Uh, Just to be clear, when we use the terms pro-life, that means we oppose abortion and euthanasia. Both topics, abortion and euthanasia, devalue a person's purpose and reason to exist. Yeah, thanks for making that point. That's very important. I mean, that life not worth living, you know, I hear this all the time. People say, "Uh, that's a life not worth living. We don't talk like that, and no one should be talking like that in a civil society. Mm -mm, No. So with that being said, I want to introduce our guest because I'm really excited about this. And we, just for our listeners, we are actually going to visit with her in two programs. The first program, we're we're just going to get to know who she is. And why should we listen to anything she has to say? And in the second program, we're going to talk about the value of life, which is her whole mission. And mm-hmm. and it should be ours, too, as Christians. One that we share, yeah. That's right. One that we share and join in uh, together in unity for this. So let me introduce our guest, who is here to discuss the value of human life. She is a beautiful human being. And so welcome to our program, Gianna Jessen. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Yes, we have yes. been so looking forward to this discussion with you. Now, before we get into your testimony, I want to know, you're running a marathon. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, I've run, I've run two. Now, I, wow. I, I ran the first one in 2005, okay. and then uh, the London, uh, the Nashville Marathon, and then the London Marathon in 2006 with cerebral palsy and a leg injury from a a training run in the rain it was horrible and i had a crush who didn't care about me at all and we was right it was very awkward and all i wanted to do was drink (laughs) i kept preaching the gospel running in front of me uh, but each each one uh took the the first one was over seven hours Wow. Because I didn't care if I died. Like, I, I thought, I'm finishing. I don't care. I don't care if I'm out here for 12 days. <laughs> That's I'm, what a runner thinks. <laughs> and then uh, the second one was over eight hours because I had the injury and all, all these emotions mm-hmm. and whatever. I'm still preaching the gospel to the guy that didn't care. And um, 
But then, oh, and I was accidentally high during the <laughs> marathon because I took a muscle relaxant that I for my injury that I thought I was I was um, accustomed to. Uh-huh. I wasn't. Oh, so no. uh, I, it took a while to become normal, which I'm sure didn't help my gospel message. But <laughs> um, I do train eight hours a week with a Navy veteran. We do two hour sessions. And we try everything. Wow. And uh, so he, he, I pay him to make my life miserable two hours, four days a week, wow. um, two hours at a time. So eight hours in four days. Mm-hmm. And then um, we are seeing the miraculous. We're seeing the neuroplasticity take yes. place. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. But one thing I know you, you're going to, you want to get into my birth. And, and one thing that comes to my mind always when we get into this, you know, people are listening and already some many palms are sweating when they hear the word abortion and they're freaking out and they're shutting down and they're ready to run out of the room. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that I am here to tell you what the Lord Jesus has done for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm also here to tell you that if you've had one abortion or five abortions or you've paid for an abortion or you're whatever your abortion story may be that you're running from when you hear my voice and you hear what i tell you what the lord has done for me you may also hear the accuser of the brethren in your heart saying you hear what she's saying you remember what you've done you'll never be free you will never get free you can never forgive yourself and I'm here to tell you to go tell that Satan to pound sand in the name of Jesus and go to hell where he came from. Mm-hmm. And and I'm telling you that if you repent of that sin and you are forgiven by Christ, he remembers it no more and he can free you. So I just have to say that yeah. because you may feel like your insides are freaking out with condemnation and shame. And this is not about that. This is about you hearing that you are beloved of God and yeah. you can be free and not live in shame. That I have to say off the top. Yeah, this, this is about mercy. This is about forgiveness. This is about life. But this is important that it's coming from you, Gianna, because what some people may not realize is that you survived an abortion. You were an abortion. Yes, I didn't so, have one. Right. I lived through one. That's right. You were supposed to be dead before you were born. They bathed you in a burning saline solution while you were still in your mother's womb and you overcame that and you came into this world two months premature weighing just two and a half pounds and because of this you have like you said cerebral palsy which you have talked about as being a gift yeah i've seen you talk oh about yes 100 uh, percent uh, my favorite part of my medical records we needed to redo my website everyone but <laughs> but if you go there, you should be able to see even a copy of my medical records. And my favorite, pardon me if this offends the sensibilities of the Christians listening, but this is such a badass move on the part of Jesus because mm-hmm. he put it on my medical records. And it is this, <laughs> but my name, born during saline abortion, April mm-hmm. the 6th, 1977, 6 a.m., 29 and a half weeks. No resuscitation required upon arrival at the hospital. Picture William Wallace and Braveheart right there. It's like, (laughs) boom! I mean, that is awesome. The fact that I was born in this clinic and I should be dead, and yet a nurse calls an ambulance because the abortionist 
wasn't at work yet at 6 a.m. The Lord held him off. Otherwise, he would have ended my life with strangulation, suffocation, or leaving me there to die, which is what we do to children that survive abortions. And nobody knows this. Nobody. I mean, they we tell them about it, but they say that never happens. That Mm -hmm. never happens. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Incredible. It it, it's so wicked. And so here I come at 6 a.m. and the Lord has a nurse call an ambulance and had me got me out of there had me transferred to a hospital but the fact that the records actually say the words no resuscitation required i was being burned alive in my mother's womb for 18 hours that defies science it defies logic you, you i should need resuscitation but there was one like the son of man in the midst of the fire with me and the fire did not harm me and he I will not die until he calls me home. So mm-hmm. you can try all you want, but I just am never going to die yeah. until he calls me home. And and I met, I do a lot of work or did before COVID in Italy. Mm-hmm. And I met a Dr. Noya, who is a neonatologist. And I'll never forget him saying, John, <laughs> you are a witness to life. Right. And this is a man who does surgery in utero on Down syndrome children mm. okay. and wow. rescues them from death right. and rescues them from abortion. And I said, Doc, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, all my enemies love to mock me and say I'm a liar or I'm irrelevant because this was in 1977 and I'm a liar because I have no burns on my body, yada, yada, yada. I said, why do you think that is? Astounding answer. He said, I believe that the amniotic fluid was more powerful wow. than the saline solution and something? it protected you. Wow. He said, yeah. that is my medical opinion. opinion. He said, but you and I know it was Jesus. It was Jesus. And then he said, I want to explain something to you. And I began to cry. He said, this happened at seven and a half months of pregnancy. I want you to understand something. He said, our pain response is developed in the seventh month of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. You felt all of this. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I have tremendous uh, startle reflex. I I don't understand why when I'm waiting for my toes to pop up or any noise or anything, I'm I'm just jumping all the time. And he said, I believe that your brain remembers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've come a long way, but it was so unbelievable for the first time in my life to hear a man who would know what he's talking about. He said, you have endured the highest level Mm -hmm. of physical and emotional trauma that is humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And so I tell you that to just give you context and then at the same time tell you, that because of Christ, I left victimhood at the cross. I am not a victim. That's why I can't be a feminist. Because mm-hmm. if you're a feminist, you're a then someone is victimizing you every day in your head, whether it's real or imagined, and you have a license to be miserable 24 hours a day. <laughs> I am too empowered for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And and you do speak about that all the time. And I love that you have chosen because there's so many people that would take this 
handed opportunity to, to live as a victim, to receive monetary compensation, to go around talking about it. And no one, listen, no one would sit there and say, oh, no, you're wrong. You know, uh, you can't. Why are you playing this victimhood card? But you don't at all. And you talk about the strength of God in your life. And mm-hmm. and I think what you what you just talked about this doctor saying this to you That's amniot, amazing. that yes because when you talk about your brain remembering we know this as as psychologists you know I I have had to do lots of studies on trauma and the brain does hold on Gianna it remembers and there's a lot of discussion right now today about do the babies in the womb have an ability to feel pain. There have been studies after studies conducted, and there's still so much debate about when the neurological uh, 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 development is far enough, uh, you know, uh, developed where the the brain is able to process sensations as actual pain. Well, the studies, the recent studies, have shown that babies, as you know, in in the womb at 12 weeks will recoil, and whenever <gasps> we go in, when we go in yeah. and we do surgery on them, there was. Let me. I'm going to tell you one that just was done here, uh, here recently, and it's just amazing to me because what a lot of people do not know is when doctors go in to operate on these babies, these infants in the womb. They have a decision to make. Do they want to medicate the mother and then think, okay, well, this will help the, the child in the womb being operated on? Or what are we going to do, you know, analgesics, or are we going to do anesthesia? Doctors, when they're performing, will go as young as seven weeks, eight weeks, will do what they will treat the, the baby in the womb for pain. And what was done recently wow. here... What was done recently here in the Journal of Sage Publications, which I'm, we're going to post here at Family Vision Media when we post this program, is um, there was a study done on neonatal pain. And in this study, 16 preterm infants were intubated, paralyzed, and given uh, nitrous oxide prior to having cardiac surgery. Okay, Eight of the infants were randomly given inoperative pain management with an opioid analgesic, fentanyl, and the other eight did not receive that. So compared to those who received the fentanyl, the non-fentanyl group mounted immediate and substantial stress responses intra- and post-operatively, including elevated adrenaline and non-adrenaline levels, and sustained significant intra- and post-operative morbidity, including intravicular hemorrhage. So we know at that point that they were, they were registering pain yeah. and stress. And what age did you say, seven weeks? So we know it, right? And this one, I don't remember which what this was, but this okay. was, uh, th- there was another study where at 12 weeks, these babies were unborn and were able to feel pain. And this one was done by the Lozier Institute, which we will also post. And at 12 weeks, they were registering pain. Can you imagine wow. that? So if they were registering at that young, think about what you were feeling. Yeah. At 29 and a half weeks. Right. Exactly. See, we've known all along what abortion is. And all these euphemisms that are used by the other side uh, are to cover up what we already know. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they don't want to vote on the born alive bill. They don't want to vote on the pain capable bill. They don't want to vote on that because then we'll actually talk about what it is that these kids are experiencing in the womb. And it's horrific. It is. Horrific. It's horrific. And, and let me just say, it's not just the Democrats. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. It's it's all it's everybody. Both sides. Nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody. If really, if we wanted to deal with abortion in this country, mm-hmm. which thankfully recently there's been a massive victory, and praise the living God for that. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Think about how many people have run on a pro-life platform mm-hmm. right. 
But if we really wanted to deal with abortion in this country, we would. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I want to say to just in this first part of our discussion is the value of life. I mean, you're pr- what I think you are a living demonstration of. And, and, and isn't it amazing that God actually uses our strengths and our weaknesses all to his glory? And so you, here you are living a life, an empowered life, a glorious life, a, a struggling life, an overcoming life, a life of victory, all in his name. And you had an incredibly bad start. <laughs> you know, I mean, and the, we need people to understand their life is precious. Our God thinks, and, and all of us are going to live in eternity with Him. So talk to that a little bit. You know, life is precious, period. Well, here's the thing there are some, one argument now, now because we have so much. I was just speaking with someone about this recently, my, my trainer actually. We run for a long time and talk about just about all, all kinds of topics. Right. But we're saying how this decision that the Supreme Court handed down was much easier to do now because the the propaganda used up to this point uh, was so effective because we didn't have the technologies that we have now. I mean, you can basically see a kid doing jumping jacks in the womb and, you know, uh, basically sitting down to eat dinner. I mean, you can see <laughs> everything going on in the womb. So how can you say that that's nothing when you're staring at a human baby inside the what you can't so that's right. you can't have it both ways you can either you either have to admit you're you're ending a life um you know you have to face the truth or not but anyway uh one of the manipulative arguments is well i just i just wouldn't want to live that way mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't want to have cerebral palsy mm-hmm. You know, that's just a horrible quality of life. I just wouldn't want that. No, your your child would be so miserable. Okay. Let me just try to be nice. <laughs> I listen to people with all of their faculties and capacities every day that whine about nothing. Mm-hmm. And then who are you, healthy person, to look at me and decide for me and define for me what my quality of life is when you can't even get through the fact that Starbucks doesn't have your latte today. <laughs> and so I am so, sorry, but I mean, it, it really grates on one when you have to fight to walk, when you have, you smash your face into the parking lot a million times while you're doing your intervals, when you have to pray to the living God to balance, when you have to pray to the living God to face Satanists in Brazil, when you have to pray to the living God every single day of your life for help for everything, guess what you get? You get the living God, and with him, you get the most astonishing, the most beautiful quality of life Mm -hmm. you can possibly imagine. And I'm telling you, there are moments in my life when I can feel, I don't fall often in my everyday life, but when I'm doing our crazy workouts, (laughs) I do. But say I slam into the ground because I just didn't pick my foot up or something. And you feel the reverberation all through your body. But at the same moment, there is this presence. Mm -hmm. It is a astonishing it is it is so amazing he is there jehovah shama he is there and it is and i've never broken a bone i'm 45 wow Mm. wow (laughs) 
That's amazing. The Lord keeps the bones of the righteous. Yeah, you, you've you, you've been living a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego life. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, she has. <laughs> but that, you know, I've never heard that though, because whenever we talk about viability of an infant, right? We have all these different definitions, and they will use what you just said. Well, if the quality of life, well. Who are you to say what the quality of life is? I've oh. never heard that description that you just gave right now. If you're leaning into Christ for everything, for everything. That's the greatest quality of life. Yes. But and also, too, who does that sound like Adolf Hitler? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you no know, doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, know, these people over here need to be discarded. You know, weakness, no, 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 no. We've determined that you're about... The the power of Christ rests on you in your weakness. I'm telling you, one of the reasons I believe that the Lord has allowed me to have this, oh my word, people do not want to hear about Jesus, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when you're limping in front of them and you actually look at them with genuineness, mm-hmm. you look at them and you say, can I please have your arm? I just have a balance issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to watch <laughs> They, they melt right mm-hmm. there. They mm-hmm. melt a few. Uh, you can see the darkness in them, but that's very rare. Like 95% of the time they melt and you are able to say, hey, by the way, I was never supposed to hold up my head or get up out of a bed. But thank you, Jesus. And thank you so much for your help. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, you bring them into the, the whole experience, don't you? So basically, in the twinkling of an eye, my legs will be unbound. But in the meantime, they act as a net to be a fisher of men. How is that a bad thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know what? Two things. I mean. In that statement, you're talking about how precious every human life is. What a beautiful thing. And you're, you're at war with the notion that there's life not worth living, which is a relatively secular, modern uh, way of looking at it. And you're also talking about how we were, in, were interdependent. We were meant to depend on each other. Uh, Luther said that we live our Christian life in our neighbor through our neighbors so we don't we're actually oh. looking to live the christ I'm an life outside so I of us hard. yeah but you just did it by leaning on the person next to you <laughs> now, i mean that's what i'm saying and suddenly they felt you that they, that they were human too and that's the whole point god is saying i want you to be the humans i created and redeemed you to be it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing what was it mother Teresa said about you gianna she said something about you and your life what you represent oh I only remember part of it. Uh, I can get the letter. Yeah. Want, but no, I um, just remember she said something, and I thought I had saved it, and I cannot. I feel like it would be weird if I quoted about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will find it about you because I thought, oh my goodness, because she said a couple of things, and then she specifically said something about you yourself. You know, there I was. I was researching abortion survivors as yourself. And um, what I found fascinating uh, is that everybody, except for one, spoke about their faith in in God and their faith in Jesus and how important their life is. And I thought, oh my goodness, how is it that all of these people who have, most people would say, well, they have every reason to hate God, to be angry with God. Why, Why are they such people of faith? And maybe you, because I'm, I can sit here and, and put psychological theory to it, but I, I'm not you. And you, you speak of this constantly. I mean, it's the first thing you mention almost in every interview that I see of you. How did you come to faith and how important is this to you? It's my whole life. It's the whole purpose of my life. 
you know, the Lord is very clever. Um, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he, he's pretty much a genius being God. Sure. Uh, and, and he knows how to reach people and what to do to reach people. And he always uses stories. Mm-hmm. And this is one of many of mine. I'm very actually complex and I have a lot going on in my life. Uh, not just this, but mm-hmm. this is one of the stories. So people will listen to the story and then I can, or, or they'll just see me limping. Really, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And like I just told you, they're able to, to, their defenses come down. But long ago, the Lord would, he, he's told me over and over and over, especially in really difficult speaking venues, like before government bodies and things, Jonah, your mission, your main mission is to say my name, not God, right. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. God is easy. Mm-hmm. God can be anything. Right, right. No, but say my name. And if you don't, you have failed in that mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my goal in any place <laughs> in like that is yeah. in any interview, because you're, you're probably you're not going to be asked back anyway, so you have nothing to lose. <laughs> Just preach the gospel because it's going out and it cannot come back void it will not that's right and 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 so also i think there would be no way i could live my actual life my life is hell Mm -hmm. i live a battle 24 hours a day i am hated by a relentless enemy and loved more by an even more relentless god yes but i i have so much that I have to deal with that I would never be able to withstand it. Mm-hmm. So that's why. But I just now I, I came to Christ at three. I was already in trouble um, at three. I went from, well, the abortion clinic to the hospital. They said this kid's never going to live. And then after a while, she doesn't want to die. So <laughs> she has a tremendous will to live. And then they placed me in emergency foster care eventually with a bunch of morons who decided they didn't like me and yes. would shut the door. Right. And on an already traumatized child. So mm-hmm. a child can't discern time and when are you coming back and all of that. So I was taken out of there and at 17 months was placed in the beautiful home of Penny. So that's a lot to happen in the first 17 months of life. And if the first three years are the most crucial. Yeah, the bonding years, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I bonded with my Penny. So her her um, daughter adopted me when I was three and a half. So my Penny became my grandmother. But my little brain was like, what the hell are you people doing? Mm-hmm. There's my mother. Mm-hmm. And you're taking me away. So I had to. Then I remember just crying and crying and crying, trying to go to sleep, waiting for Penny to come. And then um, having a very difficult childhood over that bond. Very, I, I say it's my life has been a lot like Joseph mm-hmm. in that way, where I've there's been a lot of rage I've seen and a lot of jealousy. And I'll, I'll say, why? There's nothing about my life that is easy. I'm not married yet. I don't have a million children. Everything that a woman ever wants, I don't have. You don't want my life. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why you are so jealous. But that's been a a trouble for me. And Mm -hmm. so at that time, at three, uh, my adoptive mother did tell me about Jesus. And I just thought, that's it. I need someone to sing to. 
and I need someone to help me walk. And I knew that I was already in trouble, that my life, uh, mm. I needed someone and he, he's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's always there. I mean, you were wiser at that point in your life than a lot of the adults that I work with and stuff like that, too. I mean, you know, the, the, one of the things we emphasize a lot when we proclaim the gospel is that he is the real presence mm-hmm. uh, of God. He, come, he, he comes through his word and his gifts. And, and so, you know, when we talk about Jesus, his name will be Jesus because he will save you from your sins. Yes. And he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And, and like mm-hmm. you're saying is he, he didn't say that just to, to give himself on a, a moniker or a title he gave that to tell you put me to work because i'm here for you i'm here with you and i you, you know you i'll never let you down and you you get to be a testimony to that which i know is hard in this world mm-hmm. uh, i know that because that's part of my work too not to the degree but it, well in some it's ways different. yes it's in some different. ways yes, it's just different yeah just different i mean i yeah. wouldn't want to work in dc <laughs> Well, and I mean, we've, I mean, we've served in, we've served in New York. We've served in, we've served. I wouldn't same, want to work there either. <laughs> except, except what you find. And this is what I want you to talk to, too. Except what you find in those places. And I think that's the thing I want to share, too, is that in those places where I've even had people say, we know what you teach. We know what you believe. We don't want you here. And yet we say things like, yeah, but I'm called to serve here. And then you find the word work and literally bring them to faith. And you're and, and it's so exciting. And I guess that's what I want to ask, too, is if there's a woman right now who might be a person of faith and she's really struggling, she's really confused about abortion. I mean, what what would you say to her to, you know, to say, hey, your life's precious and so is the life of that child and you can count on God? You can count on Christ. Mm-hmm. And also the Pregnancy Resource Center that is like five minutes from your house. That's right, right which they don't talk about, and they're actually attacking right now. You know, I heard that there's five times as many crisis pregnancy centers than abortion clinics. I always thought there was more abortion clinics. Mm. Well, we're everywhere. We're, and, but with no money and, and people just serving because they love Jesus and they care about people, because we even served in one in New York. I mean, you were on the board. I did, you yeah. Were, uh, yeah, yeah, you were on, I was the board. on the board. and. I was a counselor. She was a counselor on the streets in New York. But, you know, the funny thing and is... And all services are free and confidential. So that's here, right. here's the woman who, who's freaking out, maybe 17. My, my biological parents were 17. Not able to tell her parents. Everybody's saying, if you just get rid of it. Here's what I'm concerned about, actually. The, um, the abortion pills. The pill, because yeah. now we have girls just delivering dead babies in their bedrooms. Yes. And in the bathroom, and who's taking care of those girls? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a housekeeper who had had two miscarriages say that she had to go clean a house, and the 16-year-old girl had left the dead baby in the bathtub for her to clean. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yes. And you've just had two miscarriages, and this was left for you. The reason I bring this up, is because this is happening in the darkness. It is. Yes, we've had this major victory, but what about all the incest? What about mm-hmm. the person? It's being covered up um, and hidden. Co- yes, mm-hmm. with these pills. So we need to pray against that. But to the girl who's freaking out or to the woman who's 40, who's divorced or who's had an affair or whatever your situation may be, first of all, Rahab in the Bible, all kinds of people did all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. that wasn't, exactly the best and the lord loved them and saved them and helped them so i would say first pray to jesus even Mm -hmm. if you don't think you believe say his name jesus if you're real Mm -hmm. i'm calling on your name because i'm freaking out how however you need to say it everyone's saying i should do this please help me show me what to do then punch into your phone 
pregnancy resource center in your town mm -hmm. and one will pop up and you go right there. There's no pressure, but they will That's help right. you no pressure. and they will not leave you or forsake you. They will walk through this experience and beyond to help you. And beyond. I love that you said that. Yes. Because right now they, there's this misrepresentation that once you enter into these crisis resource centers that we, we misrepresent ourselves. But you come in, we give you a, a pregnancy test to see if you're actually pregnant. We counsel you. We provide resources. I mean, for heaven's sake, I mean, there are people that will cover medical costs. There are homes that we have sent children to that are connected. Yeah. There's prayer. We're connected to, to nuns and to uh, people that are praying for you, surrounding you in prayer constantly constantly they don't just say it they really are and we send you to these homes and then if you are still someone who needs to finish your education maybe you are in high school we provide a way for you to get that and then afterwards to get training and then we help take care of the children until you're a certain way but you're not getting everything for free because you're also contributing to other women that are in that center and it's this beautiful mm -hmm. thing where you have a purpose you're growing you're not a charity case, like you keep saying all the time. You are not a victim. You are con there is, you're in a, in a tough predicament, but there's a way out that is better. Mm -hmm. that and a way through. And a way through, right, without shame and guilt. And my goodness, you have a choice. I mean, why would you choose something as permanent as death? You, that's irreversible. You know, and, and yes. that, that's the title of our program, Through the Fire. Yeah. I mean, you jump into the fire of people's lives and you walk through that fire with them. And we've been talking about that all program long. And that this is really just faith in action right now. It that's is. what we're talking about this first section. You know, it's about this is the power of faith. This is how faith lives uh, in service to to, you know, each other. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Gianna, we have only like touched the surface of what we want to sh you to share with everybody. So we're going to go ahead and close this program. We're going to pick up on the next one. So those of you that are with us, we are speaking with Gianna Jessen, and she is just an amazing human being. And we are just getting into the very beginning. And so please uh, stay tuned for the next program where we're going to continue talking about the value of human life. Absolutely. And uh, and we will also give you some ways to continue to learn more about Gianna uh, on the website. And, and even though she says it needs to be revamped, that's okay. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and, Thank uh, you. I'm completely horrified, so I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, you are a busy, busy woman. And so there's so many ways that people can find you. All they have to do is Google you and they will see. And there's just so much more to talk about. So we're going to continue to do that. And in the meantime, I want everyone to remember to continue to support us here at uh, Family Vision Media. And as always, remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. One that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See, See you, you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org.